Pharisee, I preach the gospel I follow the apostles, you follow Pentecostals You're not reformed, so that's a risk I believe the five points like an asterisk I repent, but you're in sin still I spit rhymes and Fernando does a windmill so here we go, and welcome to another episode of SolarCast It's your boy, Pastor Chris Hernandez, and I'm with my man Jimmy De Los Santos What's going on, Jimmy? How you doing, Pastor Chris? Doing well, man. Recording last minute again, I think. That <laughs> <laughs> was, you know, it's kind of warranted this week, man. There was a lot going on. We've, it seems like we've hit a busy season, me and you. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you've been taking some classes, right? Yeah, man. Uh, I think I've mentioned that on the first episode. I'm still in school. So, yeah, yeah. it's busy, man. Working, working a full 40, um, doing the ministry and kids and still in school, man. <laughs> a lot on my plate. <laughs> you've, got, you've got your hands full, man. So uh, it's understandable for me, man, to, to like say, okay, we can, we can put it off for another day. Uh, and, and it's good on this particular episode. I feel like it, it was good for me. It gave me a little more time to study the, the subject. And uh, the subject that we have for today is, is something that I didn't see as that important until I started studying Right, it, it kind of changed my my perception of it. So it's right. gonna be it's gonna be good to talk about it, man. Yeah, man. So what's what's new with me? Oh man, I'm about to go to Kentucky next week, man. I'm oh yeah, to you're going a, to the uh, the, the, Ark. the Ark Encounter. Uh, not this week. Uh, you know, next Monday I take off on on a flight uh, to Cincinnati. From there, I'm going to drive down to the Ark Encounter. Uh, and see that in the Creation Museum. Spent a couple of days. I discovered that I had a whole bunch of PTO that you know, if I don't start taking it, it'll be uh, it'll be wasted if I don't make it by the end of the year. And so I started looking around for a little vacation I might be able to. I'm just doing it on my own and just going. Uh, I've always wanted to go see that Ark Encounter, Can Ham, and the big old Ark. Uh, so that's gonna be that's gonna be pretty cool for me. I, I I enjoy things like that. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. So how many animals did uh, Moses take on the Ark again? Moses didn't take any, bro. Ah. <laughs> All right, just making sure you caught it. <laughs> yeah, you know what? We use that. We use that yeah. in the evangelism uh, out, out on the streets, which we're doing again on on the sixth. We're going to go out there to the bridge and and uh, have some uh, another another uh, you know panning uh, out tracks, a little open air preaching, a little uh, sharing the gospel. Looking forward to that. We also got an ev- evangelism class coming up in the uh, at Ecclesia. Uh, starting over, uh, starting September fifteenth. Uh, looking forward to that, man. It's always a, it's always a, a pleasure to teach people how to share their faith and equip them with the the right kind of tools that they would need to, you know, to answer questions to be bold enough to share their faith. There's a lot of people that just aren't bold enough, you know. Yeah, man. We got a we got a busy busy uh, couple of months coming up, man. Right as we close down the year there at the church. So yeah, really excited, man. Yeah, it's gonna be good. It's gonna then be good. Kids just getting back in school, man. Everybody's kind of, you know, it's that time of year, man. Everything's changing. Summer's coming to a wind down. You know, it's 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 a cool time. I, you know, fall is actually my favorite time of year. But you know, in Texas, we have like a week of fall. You know, <laughs> it's hot <laughs> right now, man. It's, it's going to be like summer all the way to November, yeah. and then we'll have a week or so. And then it gets then it, then it turns right into winter, right? So, the, yeah, right now has been oh, so hot out there, man. You you walk outside, and it's just like. There's there's sometimes a little breeze, but it's a hot breeze, right? And it's like this ain't helping nothing, man. And you know, uh, I'm surprised, you know, how people uh, really don't get how Texas heat is. Yeah, 
Uh, it's different. And I, I'm going to admit, you know, in Dallas, we got a little better than they do down in Houston. If you, do, if you go down to Houston, they got this muggy, ugly kind of hot, right? At least here, it's hot, but there's a little kind of breeze that comes through every once in a while. And it's not muggy hot like, like Houston is. But Texas right. all around, the heat that's down here, man, I, people just don't get it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, man, it's, it gets hot. You know, it gets hot. But you know, we're used to. I, you know, I lived in Texas my whole life, so I'm, I'm used to yeah. it, man. I don't know I've anything heard, else. I've heard some people from the Northeast say, "Yeah, I got to be 85. It was really hot." And I'm like, "Man, are you kidding? That's a good, <laughs> that's a good day, man." Right, right. But yeah, man, to the uh, to the issue of the day. Uh, the topic of the day. So I think we've kind of passed this around, the subject around that we wanted to speak on it. And then it kind of got brought to light about two weeks ago. So we had a, uh, we had a guest speaker come to the church to preach a brother. He's been on the show before pastor Henry Knox. Yeah. And, um, you know, he shows up and he's him and he brought some uh, people from his congregation and man, they, they outdid us on the, on the wardrobe. <laughs> you know, uh, for those that don't know, man, at Ecclesia, you know, we're, you know, we're not, and you know, if you've listened to this show often, you know that we're a church that we're not at any way trying to be relevant or cool or hip or anything like that. But at the same time, you know, our car dress is pretty casual, you know, and that might get us kicked out of the uh, hardcore 1689 crowd. I don't know. But, you know, <laughs> uh, most of the people that come, you know, we, we come in jeans. I mean, nothing, you know, too uh, casual, you know, nobody's wearing flip, flip flops and beach shorts or anything like that. But, you know, it, it's jeans and, you know, nice dress up shirt. I think the women of the church actually dress up more than we do, the guys. Yeah. yeah. yeah so, um, but it's pretty casual. Anyway, uh, Pastor Henry Knox comes, man. He's he's dressed to the nines. He's got a sharp yeah. suit on, yeah. nice shoes, you know, and his congregation as well. They're, they're dressed really sharp. So afterwards, we had a after-service uh, fellowship. Yeah. So some of us were sitting around talking just about, you know, the, just the issue of, uh, you know, church dress, you know, what is appropriate, what's not appropriate. So it got us thinking of this issue of Christian liberty, right? Right. Yeah. That was a good conversation we had afterwards. Right. right. So so we thought we'd, we'd, we'd sit down and we'd discuss it a little bit because like like Pastor Henry Knight said, he, he wasn't he wasn't doing it as a as an issue of, you know, legalism. And this is the way you're supposed to dress in church and so forth. He was coming to the standpoint that, you know, he just comes and their church is more of a traditional black church. That is just tradition with them. They, they dress up. That's what you do when you go to church. And I kind of understand that, too. You know, and I think maybe you do, too, coming from a more Pentecostal background ground a lot of those churches used to just dress up right so to be honest with you you know wearing jeans and, and a nice shirt or whatever that's that's actually something fairly recent for me anyway because growing up in the church i grew up with man i i had <laughs> i had the, the polyester shirt and the you know when i was a kid you know i had the the clip on tie and everything you know what i mean that's the way yeah. we did it yeah but uh but it, it brought up the issue of Christian liberty, and that, that's what we want to talk about today. And that's going to be the topic of the day, Christian right. liberty. You know, where can we agree that the liberty that we have in Christ, the freedom that we have in Christ should not be, uh, you know, condemned? Or also we want to uh, think of it from this angle, you know, what is going too far in our Christian liberty, right? So, yeah, when we had the conversation, I, it made me think of a few things. And I, I even mentioned that there because uh, I have... You know, you've given me uh, an opportunity to take the pulpit a couple times. And I mentioned the fact that, you know, usually I come in jeans and, and I'll wear tennis shoes. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not looking terrible or anything like that. You know, it's just like uh, this is this is a but this isn't the first church I've been to that's kind of casual. The, 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 the fact is, though, that if I'm taking the pulpit, something in my mind just like uh, tells me wear nicer shoes, man. Uh, yeah. Wear, 
wear a nicer shirt uh, than you would normally, you know? And so if I'm taking the pulpit, it's, it's, uh, and I'm delivering a sermon, I'm, I'm going to dress a little bit different. And I don't know if that's a mental thing, but you know, I also think about that, you know, people that are listening might, you know, might, might think about, it. we just jump on here and get on microphones and start talking on solo cast. But we actually pray before we start this, you know, I have a habit of taking my hat off. I, you know, I'm wearing a cap right now, a Cowboys right. cap, right? Represent Cowboys, you know, but, uh, as soon as you say, "Hey, let's 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 say a word of prayer before we start the the podcast," I always take my my cap off. Now, I wouldn't I wouldn't condemn somebody, or I wouldn't look at somebody that didn't take their cap off during prayer and say, "Hey, man, you uh you need to take your cap off. That's just not right." I mean, there's I guess it's a, it's a spot where there's some liberty that can be taken there, but for me, that's a point that I I feel like you know I need to take my I need to take my hat off because we're about to pray, and so I, I think that falls under that that spot. Uh, but you know, we're talking about Christian liberty. We should start with defining it, right? Right. So let's go ahead and, and define uh, Christian liberty. So what, what do we mean when we say Christian liberty? Freedom. Right. I, that's the first thing that you think about freedom found in Christ. Uh, but it's, it's not, you know, it's gotta, it's gotta go a little further than just the freedom that's found in Christ uh, because we need to understand what that freedom entails. And that freedom, uh, if you see what, you know, Jesus said, uh, I came to set the captives free, right? I came to set at liberty those that are oppressed. Then you, you have a better definition of what, what are we, what are we uh, in bondage to and what are we oppressed by? So right. what has us captive and what has us oppressed? And, and truly, that's, that's, that's our sin and, and the, the desire of this evil age, uh, the world that we live in. He set us free uh, from sin and death, from the curse that was upon us. That's what he said is free from. It's a spiritual thing. Uh, but, you know, uh, we are also freed from the law of, uh, of, you know, we're not, we're still kind of bound to, to law, but it, to look at it rightly, we're not bound to keep the law to be saved. Right. So we're freed from that type of curse. Uh, and I think uh, if you wanted to say it rightly, I think this would be said, we're free to now, um, Pursue holiness, pursue righteousness, pursue purity, pursue uh, righteous living, uh, observing the moral law. Not that it gets us to heaven, but now he's freed us from the sin that had us bound, and we're free to worship God in, in, in the right way. So there's a lot to it, but ultimately... It's the freedom that we find in Christ. Right. There's a book, uh, The Image of God by uh, Hoakima, uh, that he had put out, and I was kind of kind of going over that. He kind of touches on it. I know you got some stuff from Calvin that you wanted to share, but, yeah. but I like how he says uh, here, and let me just kind of quote from what he says here about uh, true Christian freedom. Well, let me just kind of explain it, and then I'll kind of uh, quote something. He talks about how, you know, freedom was something that was kind of given to us uh, in Adam. So we had freedom, and, and true freedom is the is the ability to, to please God and to serve God, kind of like where you were going there. That's what true freedom is. Uh, now, we lost uh, that true freedom uh, in the fall. We lost the ability to do what is pleasing to God, how he puts it. And ever since the fall, we were not able to please God. We didn't have the faith, uh, as Scripture says, without faith it is impossible to please God. So uh, we needed a, a redeemer, and that we found in Christ. And when Christ came to redeem uh, people to himself, he restored that freedom that we lost. And, and w- w- what freedom are we talking about? We're f- talking about the freedom to please God, to do what is pleasing to God, the freedom uh, to serve God. 
God, to uh, live as people who, who are free, as Scripture puts it in First Peter two sixteen. And that freedom is is again, it's an it's a it's a freedom to to serve God and to please God in a way that we're incapable of doing when we were lost, when we were bound uh, in our sin. And we also talked about you know a couple of ways, and and I think he gets this from Calvin. So I'm not sure if this is some of the stuff you're going to share, but he talks about a couple of of ways that we use our Christian freedom or uh, the way that kind of fleshes out in our Christian walk, how freedom fleshes out in our Christian walk. And he talks about is that, uh, you know, true freedom is freedom from the need to keep the law in order to earn our salvation. Kind of like what you talked about there. Christ has has come and he has accomplished in his active obedience. He has accomplished what we couldn't accomplish. He has fulfilled the righteousness. Uh, uh, he became sin uh, who knew no sin so that we may become the righteousness of God. That That is what Christ did on our behalf. We do not have to follow the law to live. Christ followed the law and he gave us new life. So now we obey the law because we love the law. We uh, submit to our new king in a new kingdom, which is Jesus Christ. But he also talks about, and this is kind of the issue I think we're going to be talking about most on this podcast, on this show here, is that true freedom includes freedom from bondage to rules about indifferent things. You know, I like the way he puts that. And what he says there, he says, by different things, we mean that things that are not sinful in themselves, since God neither commands nor forbids them. We think, for example, of such matters as moderate smoking, moderate drinking, the use of cosmetics and the like. Practices that, though they may become they may become sinful under certain circumstances, are not sinful in themselves. It sometimes happens, however, that churches make rules about such matters and compel their members to observe them as a test of fellowship or badge of true Christianity. Wow, that's good. I mean, and, and it makes me think about uh, the thing that Paul was going over and over with the Galatians when he sent the letter to the Galatians. Uh, who 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 taught you this? Who took you? Who took you back to that place where you thought you needed to keep some kind of a that you need to be circumcised to please God? Uh, who took you back? When did you stop believing the gospel that I preached to you, uh, which is that uh, justification by faith alone? And so this this idea that you you had to keep a certain set of rules this is the this is the same thing Pharisees did. You right. know, hey hey, why do your why do your disciples uh, eat uh, without washing their hands? You know, and to them it was like these are these are men's rules, and this is the this is the thing that we uh, that we're free from. If right. if it isn't if it isn't God uh, that's setting it down, uh, if it's just man's opinion, we're free from that. We're free from a man's opinion of what I should be as a Christian. Right. We are we are bound and and freely we give ourselves to to Christ uh, and submit to His lordship, and we are slaves to righteousness because Christ has freed us to be slaves to righteousness, slaves to Christ. Uh, he, is, he, is our, he is our master now, but right. it's a freedom to serve him. And so when uh, that distinction needs to be made, uh, if you're not a slave to Christ, you are definitely a slave to sin. Because right. Jesus said the man, the man who sins is definitely a slave to sin. And so uh, who do you want to be your master? Right. That's, that's kind of the big question, right? Um, I think um, as you were as you were saying that, and yeah, I got something to share from Calvin because uh, Calvin had a lot to say about this. I was surprised at how much uh, he had to say on this subject, uh, but I wanted to read something that um, that kind of made sense to me because, and and truly, this is something we we used to talk about me me you Pastor Chris on on the podcast. We would talk about things near and dear to our hearts. This one, as I study in this. Uh, became a little more near and dear to my heart because 
I realized uh, the you know the the the, the the kind of the three things that go with uh, liberty. So on the one side, you got legalism. On the other side, you got licentiousness. In the middle, in the balance, you have liberty, mm-hmm. right? And so, and so the, the three things kind of go together, and where is the balance? And you're right in the middle. So this is something Calvin said right here uh, that goes along with what you were just saying just now. It says, first, because the brightness of the gospel was obscured by those Jewish shadows, he shows that in Christ, we have a full manifestation of all those things which were typified by mosaic ceremonies. Secondly, as those impostors instilled into the people the most pernicious opinion, that is, obedience was sufficient to merit the grace of God, he insists very strongly that believers shall not imagine that they can obtain justification before God by any works, far less by those paltry observances. See, it's those paltry indifferent things that that uh they wanted to put on you and say if you do this if you do that and it, it whenever a church or uh whatever if a cult or whatever says hey you have to do this you have to do this you have to do this for salvation then um uh, you need to watch out because it's jesus plus and we've always talked about that and it all goes back to why there were reformers in the first place right because the, the Roman Catholic Church had set you on a path for works. Yeah. You're saved by your works added to Jesus' atonement. And so that was the wrong thing. And so our liberty is freedom from uh, having to think, I need, I need to merit God's salvation when Christ has purchased it for us. Exactly. Yeah, and I think uh, one of the problems is that we don't separate a category for for wisdom and and things that are a sin and not a sin. Uh, For instance, you know, we kind of include everything, especially in in more, uh, I guess, fundamentals. You know, that word, I hate even using that word fundamentalist because now it's become something that everybody who believes the truth is a fundamentalist. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, uh, but the the typical uh, meaning of the word fundamentalist is just, you know, I guess the the hardcore, uh, you know, people that kind of use, uh, you know, legalism as a way of, uh, kind of measuring your Christianity and so forth. But, you know, I, I think a lot of times we put a lot of things that, that are our opinions and the way we feel into that category of, of a sin and not a sin. Let's just talk about what we started talking about, the dress code. Some people will say, well, if you, you're not dressed in a suit behind the pulpit, then, you know, that's a sin. If you're not, you know, on stage, if you're a praise and worship singer and you're singing and you're not wearing a tie, then, you know, that's that's not right. That's a sin. Or if you're, you know, you, you take one beer, uh, you, you know, that's a sin. If you smoke a cigarette, that's a sin. And, you know, and these are these are opinions, right? So I think what people what we're doing there is, is uh, we're not creating a separate category. Now, it may be uh, unwise to drink a beer in public or it may be unwise to, uh, you know, smoke a cigarette around someone that has a problem with. But you, we cannot go beyond Scripture and label things that are sins that the Scripture doesn't label as sins. You know, now Scripture talks about drunkenness being a sin, but it does not talk about having a drink of alcohol a sin. It can become a sin if it leads to drunkenness, and then there is where we have to, you know, use the the wisdom. However, uh, when what we're doing when we when we create these categories of of sin and not sin is we're going beyond Scripture. We're speaking for God, and to me, that's a very dangerous thing. Uh, what we're doing is we're saying, God, your word is not sufficient. You didn't go far enough. Let me kind of fix this for you. <laughs> it's, it's pretty much what we're doing. You, 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 God, you didn't, you didn't mention this, so let me mention it, right? So uh, I think what we need to 
do is we need to be careful. We need to be careful there. If, if, if we're going beyond Scripture and we're calling things sin that are clearly uh, not mentioned in Scripture, we're not being uh, wise. We're not, we're not using the Scripture as it is intended to be used. And let me just read, continue to read this little passage here. Uh, Hoakima goes on. He said, the danger involved in this type of legalism, uh, as he just described it, as I just described, is that abstinence from these indifferent things comes to be thought of as essential marks of Christianity. When this is the case, things that are less important receive greater emphasis than the things that are most important so that we end up majoring in the minors. I like how he says that. So, yeah, and that's true because I've seen that actually happen in churches where the main thing is no longer the cross. The main thing is not the gospel. The main thing is not deliverance from the bondage of sin to freedom and restoration in Christ. The main thing is Oh, you know what? You didn't you didn't dress up on Sunday, or you know what? You're listening to what they call worldly music, or you went to a to a movie that you shouldn't see. You know, those were the main things. And in every youth service or every uh, service, you know, they're going to preach on that. So it's just basically moralism. So moralism becomes the main thing, and the gospel suppressed. The message of the gospel suppressed. So that is the danger. And and and, and you know what? And even in these things that we we say, oh, this is not right. You shouldn't do this and that. You know, that's different to different generations to different continents. I mean, us in America, we might think dancing is, uh, as, as old Baptists, that dancing is wrong. And some people will say dancing is a sin. Whereas, you know, in another country, they, they, that's part of their culture. And they might say, you know, hey, yeah, not dressing up on, on a Sunday morning is sin, right? So we can't weigh what's a sin and it's not a sin just on our cultural preferences or our personal preferences. We need to stick to scripture. Sola Scriptura goes back to that, as you, as you mentioned, the Reformation. What does the Bible say? And the Bible is very clear on what it says and we can't add or subtract to it. Yeah. I, and I've had, I've had the conversation. Somebody asked me one time, uh, is it wrong to buy a lottery ticket? <laughs> and and I, I think my, my response was, was correct. Uh, when I said, well, do you think it's wrong? I mean, let me put it back on you because I'm not going to be the one that, that condemns you for buying a lottery ticket. Uh, if you have a conscience about it, that's maybe the Holy spirit uh, dealing with you about buying the lottery ticket. Right. Um, I, 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 I wouldn't want to tell you that it's wrong. I would say to, to anyone that any, any kind of thing that takes dominion over you and gambling, we know in some instances with some people can take dominion. Um, it makes me think about, uh, what God said to Cain, uh, there in the beginning, you know, Hey, why is your countenance fallen? And this is before Cain murdered Abel. And, uh, you know, he saw that he was upset about the offering that got, that displeased God. And he, and God told him, why is your countenance fallen? And he says, you know what? Sin is crouching at your door and its desire is to have you. And what he meant by that is that this sin is, it's crouching at your door. It wants to, to dominate you. It wants to have dominion over you and you must overcome it is what God was saying to him. And so this is the thing when we, uh, freely give in to sin, it wants to have us. It wants to take dominion over us. So, and we got to be careful because like for some people, buying a lottery ticket might not be a big deal, right. you know? Um, but for some people, it may become a habit that, that uh, begins to affect other people. Now, if we're going to live by the, 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 the tenets that Jesus gave us, two commandments I give to you. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And love your, love your neighbor as yourself. Now, if I begin to be, uh, become a habitual gambler and that affects the food that my children get to eat, 
right? If that affects the, the well-being of my family, I, I've broken that second one, and I've definitely broken the first because I've, I've given some uh, uh, idle status right. to something that shouldn't be idle status. At this point, you can see that it becomes sin. Even though it's not explicitly in the, in the, in the Bible, hey, don't gamble for this person because it's begun to dominate his life and uh, begun to uh, creep into the place where it affects other people in his life and affects his relationship with God, this has become sin for this person. Right. Uh, and I would say that for any, anything that, that you can, when I was asked that question, I just, is it, is it, does it bother your conscience? Are you, this is another thing we got to take into account. Right. Our conscience, our conscience is now when we become born again, believers in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit wakes up that conscience that was seared before we came to know Christ and begins to, to prick at us about certain things that we do. This is in the process of sanctification. We're growing and, 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 and knowledge. We know, okay, I have liberty. And it, it helps us to grow in that. And I think what you were saying a, a few minutes ago, it really affects me because if anybody that's listening to the podcast has heard all our episodes or listened to us, you know I grew up in a legalistic church. I wasn't taught um, that Christ had taken on um, my sins and, and hung them on the cross. I wasn't taught that he had come to set me free from the bondage of sin, from, from the curse of, of, of death, from, uh, from the grave, uh, that he came and freed me from all that. They didn't teach me that. They told, they told me, here's a set of rules. Keep these and you'll live. And yet I never could keep up with those. This is the same thing that he was telling, that Paul was telling the Galatians, the same thing he preached throughout the epistles. You can't be saved by the law. It's not going to happen. And so, and so this idea that you could be, that kept me in a legalistic state, I didn't have any liberty. It was, it was this thing where I had to sit up straight in church and not move a muscle. If I did, <laughs> if I did it was sin. And right. this, is, this is the problem with going too far into the legalism, uh, but then on the other side, what I talked about with the gambling, the licentiousness, taking it too far right. can get you in trouble also. So there is a place for liberty in the balance of things. Um, just before, you know, before, uh, let, you know, before going on, you were, you were talking about things indifferent, and I knew I had found something that Calvin said. So I'm going to throw this in there because Calvin does touch on what you were touching a minute ago. He, here's what he says. Uh, this is uh, in the Institutes, of course. It is, however, to be careful to observe, carefully observed that Christian liberty in all its parts in, is in all its parts a spiritual matter, the whole force of which consists in giving peace to trembling consciences, whether they are anxious and disquieted as to the forgiveness of sins or as to whether their imperfect works, polluted by the infirmities of the flesh, are pleasing to God or are perplexed as to the use of things indifferent. And I, I think there's the, the three categories that go there. I'm worried that that I'm uh, that I'm not saved, or that you know that my conscience is bothering me, or I, I, I'm worried that I haven't pleased God, or things indifferent. So right. there's there's some things we got to take into account when we talk about Christian liberty. It's a huge doctrine. 
It absolutely is. And, uh, you know, just to read from the London Baptist 1689 Confession of Faith on the chapter, they have a chapter of Christian liberty and liberty of conscience. Uh, I'm going to read, uh, and it's a chapter, it's found in chapter 21. I'm going to read verse uh, from verse 2 where it says, God alone is Lord of the conscience, and he has left it free from human doctrines and commandments that are in any way contrary to his word or not contained in it. So believing such doctrines or obeying such commands out of conscience is a betrayal of true liberty of conscience. Requiring implicit faith or absolute and blind obedience destroys liberty of the conscience and reason as well. And, you know, just a couple of verses that that points to is James 4.12, where it says there is only one lawgiver and judge who is able to save and destroy. Also, Romans 14.4, where we read, who are you to judge someone else's servant to their own master servants stand or fall and they will stand for the Lord is able to make them stand. So that just kind of goes to, you know, we're trying to uh, set up, you know, what is sin and what is not sin on the basis of preference. And what we're doing is we're, we're binding people's conscience that way. You know, this was a big issue, uh, in this, this last election, I actually uh, went out to lunch with a brother yesterday, and he was talking about a little bit about this as well. A lot of uh, believers kind of withheld their vote because they were saying, I just can't feel like I can vote for the lesser of two evils, which which is a lot of time, most of the time what we do anyway, right? We vote for the lesser of two evils. Uh, but this time around, a lot of uh, a lot of believers were saying, I, I, just my conscience won't let me go there. And that's understandable. But at the same time, don't bind someone else's conscience if they say, uh, you know what, I am going to vote for this lesser of two evils because, you know, X, Y, and Z, you know, I'm not going to get political here, but, you know, they, they're going to lay out their reasons, right? So I think that is a matter of Christian liberty, right? If if someone just wants to withhold their vote and say, you know what, my, my conscience can't lead me here. I feel that I'd be doing wrong. We don't want to say, no, 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 you got you to gotta vote. You got to do this. You know, now we want to encourage you to vote totally contrary to, you know, things that are explicitly uh, against or opposing scripture, but at the same time, if someone wants to say, you know what, my conscience does, is going to leave me to sit, sit this one out, I don't think we can kind of be there and say, no, you got to do this and that. So we got to be careful uh, right. with binding people's conscience in, in, in all areas when it comes to this issue of Christian liberty. But I think another another place we want to go with that, when we talk about Christian liberty, <laughs> it's funny because me and my wife, uh, we watch this show, uh, and I, I don't think you watched it because I've asked you before. It's called Frasier. Yeah, you know, it was a big show. Yeah, it's a big. It was a big show in the '90s, man. And you know, I, I, like I told you before, I don't watch. I'm not a TV guy. Big TV guy. I don't watch a lot of TV. I, I watch mostly sports. And then if I do watch TV, it's like '90s sitcoms. <laughs> uh, I, I was watching. Uh, we, we watch uh, this show called Frasier. So in that show, there's this one point where they hire uh, this butler, and uh, the butler kind of says, "Well, I, I took the liberty to do this for you, sir, and I took the liberty to, you know, draw a bath for you. I took the liberty to cook dinner for you, whatever." And, there's this one point in the show where uh, Frazier tells him, stop it. You're taking too much liberty with the liberty taking. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think, you know, that, that kind of kind of goes to where we want to go next. I think also when we talk about Christian liberty, we can take too much liberty with our liberty taking. Right. Right. Licentiousness. Right. Licentiousness. Right. When we go too far the other way. Right. Yeah. Uh, that That's, that's something we need to, we need to address. It's definitely part of a, uh, what we got to watch out for, right? So, yeah, let's talk about it. 
Right. So let me just jump it off with a scripture, uh, Galatians 5.13, where we read, For you were called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Right. So I think when we talk about these these different areas of Christian liberty, I think sometimes a lot of believers, especially, you know what, I, I saw, I, I've seen it a lot in the what they call the young, restless, and reformed crowd. You know, they, those guys really like to uh, flaunt their liberty around, you know, just kind of, this is my, my cigar, this is my, this is the type of drink I drink or whatever. And, you know, and again, I don't want to buy anybody's conscience. I don't want to say, you know what, you're, you're sinning because they're not. But at the same time, you know, how, how many people are out there are, are, are not understanding where you're coming from? You know, how many other people out there are, are going to take you the wrong way and so forth? And, you know, I'm not saying, you know, it's totally wrong. I just think everything we do, we just got to kind of be careful. We want to make sure that our liberty is not a, a giving people an opportunity to indulge. Uh, rather, let us let us think more of one another. Let us let us aim to serve one another. And if we have a, a weaker brother in the faith, uh, as uh, I'm sure maybe we'll get to the scripture in a, little, in, in a few, if there is a weaker brother, uh, may, maybe maybe consider them first before we, we go too far. Yeah, that's good. Um, man, I almost want to step back just a little bit and, and say there's one other thing that Right before when you were talking a minute ago about the political stuff, which I don't like, you know, we don't like to get political on the show, but I have seen posts before that said, hey, if you voted this way, how can you call yourself a Christian? Right. That's, that, that is, I'm sorry, but that's, you're going into the place where you shouldn't go. Right, you, right. You can't tell people how, what to do with their liberty and if it's, if it's their conscience, not this and that and the other, right? So, but, but yeah, moving on to what we're talking about now and the licentiousness that some people don't, you know, they, they'll say, They'll use the excuse, we're under grace, brother. Oh, yeah. We're yeah. not under the law, you know? And so, and so you'll look and you'll say, but uh, while all things are lawful for me, Paul said, not all things are, are needful or useful or, you know, it, it, I might you know, be free to do it, but it isn't wise. Right. And so, so the thing is to, to measure that. Um, for instance, you know, if, if you take the liberty to have a drink once in a while, would it be wise to do it in front of someone that has a problem with alcohol? This is a simple thing. We've heard this before, but right. it might be, it might be that you don't know that, that, you know, the people that you're around have issues with that. And when they see you, they, they consider you to be a strong Christian. Well, he does it. I can go home and do it. But for them, it's, it's a problem. It's a, it's an addiction. And, and, and so I think it might be wise in some cases to keep that at home. Right. If that's something, if that's something you find your liberty in, then you know maybe do it at home. But again, if it's if it's uh, you know, it, it would be wiser to care for those that are around you. We do what we do out of love because He's filled us with love first. For, love for others is gonna. It should more or less kind of you look around and, and and it should dictate how much liberty you take with something, right? You you, right. you can't just uh. uh I don't care about all these people around me. I'm just going to do what I want. Well, that, that doesn't work in, in, a, in, a, in the heart of a Christian. It's, right. a, it's a different thing. While I have freedom and I, I can stand fast in the liberty, I can't be entangled with a yoke of sin. I can't, I can't go playing around with it like it's not going to affect me or anybody around me. Yeah. Yeah. And just going to a scripture that you kind of mentioned, let me just go ahead and read it. First Corinthians chapter 6, 12. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be enslaved by anything. 
But, you know, it, it might be lawful for you to, you know, use your liberty or your Christian freedom here or there, but is it beneficial? Is it helpful? Not only to you, yourself, but is it helpful to your brother or sister in love? What if they are struggling with this and that? And it says, I like how it says here in 1 Corinthians 6, 12, at the end of that text, of that verse, but I will not be enslaved by anything. In other words, you know what? If it's going to help my brother, I can do without it. I can do without it, you know, and, and I'm just, I was trying to think of something that, that maybe I deal with personally that I can kind of just be open about. And I thought the first thing that came to my mind, I'm sure I can think of others, but the first thing that came to my mind is, you know, I love, and you know this, man, I love watching the Cowboys, right? <laughs> let's say, let's say I invited over a brother over to my house who's a strict Sabbatarian and, you know, he doesn't watch TV. I'm trying to think, what, what will I do there, right? Am I enslaved so much to watching this team that I got to watch them, that I'm going to not want to serve my brother who's or honor you know his view of the sabbath am i, am I gonna say you know what i don't care what your view is i, I gotta watch the game that would just show that i'm enslaved to it you know that, I, that this this thing has control over me now again we can quarrel about whether uh, that's lawful or not but if if my brother thinks it's it is not lawful and that we shouldn't turn on the tv on the sabbath and he's over my house for for lunch then maybe you know what by proving I'm not enslaved to it, maybe I can say, you know what, I can sit this one out. I can sit this one out, you know, in, in love, in brotherly love for my brother. Yeah. You're a better man than I am, brother. <laughs> I'm not saying it'd be easy, man. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I, I will say this. It, it's funny because in my walk with Jesus, um, I have found that, you know, back before, man, I used to try to watch every game I could on a Sunday. Right. I'd watch every NFL game, watch the night games, watch this game, you know, and uh, Thursday night football. Um, but I'm just not as interested as I used to be. I do. I still do enjoy the Cowboy games, but it's, it's not going to kill me if I miss one. Right. right? Yeah. And, and it, it, it used to be a big thing before I came to know Christ. It used to be like everything. Man, football season was everything. And I still wear the Cowboys cap. You know, I still am a fan. I still like to know what's going on. Uh, but it isn't the be all end all of everything. And and if my if a brother called me on a on a Sunday and say, Hey man, I, I'm going through some rough stuff. I could I could show you some counseling. Uh, guess what's going to come first? Right. Uh, right. And, and and that should be the way that 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 we look at these things. Uh, I do have liberty to watch the Cowboys play, but uh, ministry is first. God is first. Um, these things that um, now now somebody's going to test me on that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're going to get a call at three fifteen in the afternoon in game one. <laughs> it's game time, man. What are you going to do? It's funny. Um, you know, I I, I think uh, ultimately I I, I want to say that we're free uh, to worship God and and love Him and uh, be with Him and all those things that we found to be so pleasurable before we came to know Christ diminish some in, in, in light of who he is. Uh, that, that quote from Calvin that, that talked about the, the, you know, hidden in the shadows of the Jewish law uh, was this thing that they couldn't see. That's why they came up with all these rules and said, this is the way religion is. And that's the way most people think of religion, uh, Pastor Chris. Most of the people that I talk to, uh, you know, when I talk to them, I come to find, yeah, I just can't live by a set of rules like that. Well, I, I hear what you're saying. And I couldn't either. I couldn't keep up with that. Right. right? But I'm glad to, to have found Christ who has set me free um, because in him I'm free indeed. Right. right? Uh, if the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. And so this is what I'd call freedom. I, I don't think that people understand. They think that they're free in their bondage to sin. They're not. Uh, right. ult ultimately, if sin has you, um, 
you, you sometimes don't even know it and you lie to yourself and you think, no, I'm good. I'm good. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm not in bondage to anything. Wait till that day comes. Um, yeah. I mean, bottom line, if you can't do without it, you got a question. Are you really a slave to it or not? You know? Yeah. If you can't do without it, if you can't put it aside for one night or for one day, then didn't, maybe you got some issues there that you got to yeah. think about, you know? Yeah. You know, when I, when I first, uh, was taking this inventory way back when I first became a Christian and I started looking introspectively at myself, I discovered that I was a slave to more sins than I could count. I didn't even realize that I had become a slave to that many sins. Uh, and, and so looking at, at my life and thinking about all the addictions that were, that were on me, uh, and without realizing it, I had slowly developed, um, uh, chains, chains that I, that I, you know, spiritual chains that I couldn't see. You know, I used to smoke cigarettes. I used to smoke weed. I used to, I used to drink and, you know, womanize and all these different things became slaves, uh, became, became chains on me that I was in bondage to. And so, um, I appreciate the freedom that I have found in Christ. Uh, anyone that comes to know Jesus Christ understands the freedom that we're talking about. And we're not talking about freedom for licentiousness. We're not talking about freedom to go and just do whatever I want to do. You know, the, the, the question that, that Paul poses in Romans is, uh, what shall we say then? Shall we sin uh, even more so that grace may abound? Hmm. No, no, not at all. Um, we've been freed. Why would, we, why would we go back to those things? Uh, think about the proverb that says, as a dog returns to his vomit, so right. is a fool that returns to his folly. Uh, why would I go back there and be enslaved back in the, in the, under that bondage of sin that had me bound so much before? And, you know, I guess I, find a, I found a little passion this week uh, as I was studying for, the, for this liberty, uh, Christian liberty episode uh, and understanding it more and more. I, I, find, I find that um, I've been in both arenas. I've been in the legalist camp where I grew up in a church that was very legalistic and didn't really teach me the gospel. Uh, but kept me in a legalist mode. And then after I came out of that, I went all the way to the other side and went and got all licentious. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I've spent my time there. And, yeah. and I'm so glad that uh, Jesus had freed me from those bonds and saved me and brought me to a place where I am discovering true liberty. Yeah. Amen. I, I just got one more scripture I want to add before we close that kind of sums up my thoughts. It's in First uh, Peter 2.16. We read, uh, live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover for evil, but living as servants of God. I think it kind of sums it up for me. I mean, yes, live as someone who is free. You're not bound to traditions of man. You're not bound to uh, a legalistic set of rules or anything that people want to make up that says is a sin, is, is really not a sin. However, Use your freedom that you have to serve God, to serve God. This is why we've been free. We've been free, again, we've been free to serve God. That freedom that we lost in the fall, that freedom to please God that we lost has been restored, has been regained through the redemption of Jesus Christ. Now we are free to live as servants of God. Amen, brother. And, uh, you know, the the only verse that I could think of to to close the show from my side, if the Son has set you free— you are free indeed. Free indeed. Amen. You live in that, man. You're free. You're free from that yoke of bondage. 
All right. That's good stuff, man. It's good stuff. But yeah, this is the kind of episode we wanted to touch on for a while. You know, this is kind of a topic we wanted to touch on for a while. But anyway, if you have any thoughts, if you have any questions, if you have any issues with what we said today, make sure you uh, hit us up. You can hit us up online. You can go to the website at www.thesolacast.com. You can also uh, find us on Facebook. Just go up there and look for, for Solacast in the search bar there on Facebook. You can also find us on Twitter, and the Solacast Twitter is at Sola underscore Cass, and you're at? At Los Jimmy. And I'm at C Hernandez 214. That's where I'm at. You can find us there. Send us a message if you like. Also, don't forget about the Patreon account. We, <laughs> we announced this last week. If you'd like to support the, the ministry that we have at Ecclesia, as we mentioned, SolarCast is a ministry of our church plant. If you'd like to support uh, us and what we're doing along with the podcast and uh, everything that we're doing out here, just uh, you know, pray about supporting us through Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash SolarCast. There you can uh, donate to the show so we can continue doing what we're doing in our work in West Dallas. Uh, but until next time, let's get to the meat. Let's do it. Okay. I just made this beat right now. I'm MC Goya. Okay, listen. Hey, I'm on the ground like El Chapo in a tunnel eating about 12 tacos. I'll put you in a box like a gato. Punchline stay in my mouth like Mr. Sacco. Jay thinks he runs Christian hip-hop He wears white socks when he wears his flip-flops And he looks like Suge Knight I put him in a chokehold and say goodnight It's not music but clothes that he started I can find better shirts in a flea market Okay Google, who's the best rapper? Goya, rapping graces full of slackers